So how many of you guys have been enjoying this bullseye series that we've been in for the last month or so? There's been a lot of really good messages. And uh, so when Pastor asked, said he was going to be gone and asked me to cover the weekend, I, what Ashley talked about a few weeks ago, how many of you guys were here for that, really stuck out uh, in my heart of just about identity and being comfortable in our own skin the way that God created us. And so I'm going to kind of build a little bit on what um, she spoke about. And so today we're going to talk about the comparison trap. Say the comparison trap. Try that again. The comparison trap. Yes. Not parent trap. The comparison trap. And so uh, we're just kind of going to kind of dive in it because if we, we get in the act of comparing ourselves to other people, whether they have more than us or less than us or more skilled than us or less skilled than us, what happens is we are not going to hit the bullseye in life because what are we doing? We're looking laterally to people and not to God for our direction and our answer. So this bullseye series all have been about hitting the mark in life spiritually, figuring out where God has placed you for your job, whatever it is. And so if we begin to compare, it really will hold us back from God's will for our life. And so I like put it like this. If I only focus on what I'm not, I will bury God's purpose for my life. I'll bury it in comparison. I'll bury it in self-pity. I will bury God's purpose for my life because I'm only thinking about myself. I'm only thinking about my deficiencies. And comparison really sneaks in to areas of our life without us even realizing it a lot of times. The thing is about comparison is we could be fine one minute and the next we're just not okay with who we are anymore, right? So for women, maybe you think that your new haircut, your new hairstyle is like, man, so many people have complimented me on this. This is great. Until you see another woman with a better haircut than you, right? And then you're just like, ah, mine's not so good anymore. And some men are like, I would take any hair at all, right? Just any, any, all right? Any. <laughs> you know, for men, maybe it's you uh, see a guy at the gym or you see a guy out at the summer and you're like, man, his muscles are rippling. I mean, mine ripple, but in a different way, right, than his. And you begin to compare yourself to him. I think social media is one of those things that's really perpetuated this problem. Um, if you get on social media at all, you see these posts about, I mean, how great people's lives are. And the thing about it is we really want like a polished, perfect picture. You ever seen anybody taking a selfie in public? It is embarrassing. They're like contorting themselves, right, to get like this perfect angle of them and this duck by a lake in the background so that they can tell people like, on my Saturday stroll, you know, with 800 hashtags after it. And it's really perpetuated the problem because we want people to see this picture perfect, cut and dry, edited version of ourselves. And I got a video to prove it that I want to show you guys. How many of you guys have ever been to a baseball game? Ever gotten on the big screen at the baseball game? Anybody? I got on it one time. I was on the drum cam. You ever been to a Cincinnati Reds game? They have all these fake drums that come up on the screen and they put the camera on you and they want you to play drums. I got on it once, but I grabbed this video offline of these girls at a Diamondbacks baseball game that really proves my point of social media perpetuating this and this thing of like having to have the perfect image and it really disconnecting us from the world around us. Check this out. Oh, check it. Did that come out okay? That's the best one of the 300 pictures I've taken look, myself look, today. Every girl in the picture is locked into her phone. Oh, Lord. Every single one is dialed in. Welcome to parenting in 2015. <laughs> They're all just completely transfixed by the technology. David Peralta. 
<laughs> oh, hold on. I'd take a selfie with the hot dog. Selfie with the churro. Selfie just of a selfie. You know, the beauty of baseball is you can sit next to your neighbor and have a conversation. Or you can just completely ignore them. Peralta knocks it into center. David tonight, two for two. A leadoff single here in the fourth. And nobody noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody noticed, right? Woo! I bet they saw that later and were like, oh, great, right? But that's the, that's the point. Especially social media, we, we have these, like, highlight moments of our life. And what happens? You're scrolling through, and you haven't had a vacation in, like, six years, and you see these traveling photos of these people that somehow get to travel all the time, and you start comparing your life to their image on Facebook, Instagram, whatever it might be. And what it is is we're comparing their highlight video of their life, right? You only put the stuff you want other people to see on Instagram. And what happens is we compare our their highlight with our behind the scenes, right? We know what we deal with. We know what our deficiencies are. And so we see these images and you automatically begin to compare their highlight with your behind the scenes. And this comparison begins to creep into our lives because we're looking to someone else and not to God for our influence. And so we all like our cars, right? Until you figure out that they can't drive themselves. You're like, man, those new Teslas are crazy. I could set it and do other work while the thing drives me around all the time. Right. Or we love our house until you see one episode of Fixer Upper. Right. And then you're like, all these walls are coming down. Shiplap everywhere. OK, everywhere. What do you want to do with the floor? Shiplap them. I don't care. I want shiplap everywhere because we see these things and automatically get, begin to compare what we have with what we don't have. And it can even happen in our job and performances as well. So maybe you have a job that you've worked really hard at and then you see somebody else who gets promoted ahead of you. And so you begin to compare. Guys, there will always be bigger fish in the sea than you. I found it out. There's always going to be somebody that, that the skill sets that I have, that I was given, is going to be somebody that's better than me at some degree. In this area, like for wedding videos, we do very well. And we've got a reputation around here. There are still people that I watch their wedding videos online and I'm like, man, they put me to shame. They're so good. But that's okay. I can't get into a comparison mode with other people's giftings in our life. And this can even happen spiritually. Like, how many guys have the version Bible app on your phone? Have you seen that crazy new thing they put on there? The streak number? Shows you how many days in a row you've read your Bible? I'm like, that's great, right? Open that up, like, one. Ah, oh, you know, goodness gracious. I've been on this in a little bit. Or you see people that are, like, finishing Bible reading plan after Bible reading plan on there, and you're like, how do they even have time to, like, sleep, eat anything? They're, they're finishing four and five a day. And it's easy, even in our spiritual walk, to allow comparison to creep in to what we do. You ever ran into somebody uh, at Walmart that's just killing it in life, and you ask them what they've been up to, and they rattle off a whole bunch of stuff, and you're like, golly, they're doing really good. I had it happen uh, one time. We had a really small high school, so 10 students in my class, 10 students. So you knew everybody really well, okay? And so um, I had a friend, Justin, that right out of high school, he started working at a mall kiosk that sold cell phones. And he was going to school to be a teacher at the time. Found out he was really, really good at selling cell phones. Like, he was a boss at it. So switched his major from teaching to uh, marketing and sales. 
and then started to work for Verizon, and now he's the number one in Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky phone salesman for Verizon. He's out out of his league, right? And so there was a time before we started the business, and we were just trying to figure out, you know, the next season of my life that I ran into Justin, and he began to talk about all this stuff that he sold, and you know, we just we just built a house, and he had this awesome new Jeep, and I was like looking at that stuff, like, man, I would love to be where Justin's at. And this, this is where I currently am. And I begin to kind of compare. But it's easy to do. You run into them, and they're talking about their accomplishments. And you're like, I think in the last six months, the three accomplishments were probably the three times I got the kids on school at time or at school on time, right? Or I got them to bed before midnight. Like that was the that's the highlight of my last few months. And it's really easy to get into that round, 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 round habit of comparing ourselves to other people. So. Here are a few things that comparison does in our life if we allow it in. The first one's this. Comparison kills contentment. It kills contentment. I want to read a verse. We all know Philippians 4.13, right? I mean, it's on athlete's shoes. It's on the back of people's shirts. Like Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I want to back up a couple verses, and I want to read to you what Paul wrote in 11 and 12, and then we'll do 13, okay? It says this, Philippians 4.11. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content. Right? I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So where does the strength of Christ kick in when we're content? with where we're at right now, knowing that God has bigger things for us, but I have learned to be content. What's that tell me? Contentment doesn't come natural to us. Paul learned to be content with his life. And so how could he do all things through Christ and strengthen him? Because he had learned to be content in the season that he's in right now. So this is my working definition of contentment today for us to take. It's simply accepting who God has made you to be and not who you wish you were. Accepting who God created you to be and not who you wish you were. It's so easy to just wish that we were different, looked different, were taller. I'd take some height. I like to play basketball and I was born short. What a weird combination, right? At at certain level, that starts to hurt you in the sport. But it's who God created me to be, not who I wish that I was. Because when you begin to paint a picture and you you unknowingly begin to disrespect what how God has made you. Because you're saying this isn't good enough. I think I, I, I could be better. And so it's it's just looking through and simply accepting who God has created you to be and not who you wish you were. The second one the thing that comparison does does is this it leaves us prideful. Everybody say prideful. Comparison leaves us prideful. And I'm going to prove it. How many of you guys know who the Pharisees were in the Bible? So there's a super spiritual group of people who completely missed the point of what a relationship with God was all about. Even when Jesus came on scene, they didn't accept him for the Messiah because they thought he would come in some grand way. So they were very spiritual, no relationship with God. Okay? And so I want to read this um, out of Luke 18, 11, and 12. This is how a Pharisee prayed. In scripture, okay? It'll be up on the screen as well. It goes like this. God, I thank you I'm not like these other people. Hello. Wrong right off the bat, right? 
robbers, evildoers, and adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. Can you imagine him saying this out loud? You're the tax collector sitting there. He's like, I'm so glad I'm not like these people. He comes over and touches you like this tax collector right here. Do you hear the tone that he's, I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all that I get. Comparison, whether somebody that has more than you or someone that has less than you, will all will be breed pride in your life. And so what happens here is he looked at these people and saw that he was better than them, that he had better discipline than them, and he began to judge them and compare them that way. And all of us do this, and oftentimes it stops in our head, right? We start to compare and get in pride, and a lot of times it doesn't come out of our mouth. It'll stick in your head, but it still has the same effect on your life either way. So maybe you go into Walmart, and you see that kid throwing a tantrum, and that parent not doing anything about it, and you're like, that would, I would never allow that kid to do that. Right? I, would, I would parent them differently. Until you take a toddler to Walmart ever. And then you realize that that's not a walk in the park for anybody. Or maybe you see somebody that is wearing some crazy article of clothing that you would never wear. For me, it's yoga pants. I don't think anybody should wear yoga pants outside the house. They're crazy. Crazy. Anyway. But maybe you see somebody in an article of clothing, you're like, I would never wear that. And immediately you begin to compare yourself to them, right? Comparison can happen because someone has more than you or even less than you. Or maybe you see a couple fighting out and they're saying mean, terrible things to each other and it just happens to be out in public and you're like, I would never talk to my spouse like that. I, I remember one time my wife and I were having an argument. I've told this story once before, but it started earlier in the night, kind of one of those things you ignore each other for a little bit. Ever been there? And then we go to, finally, it kind of all comes to a head right before bedtime, right? So we're in our room, the light's off and the door shut, and we're screaming at each other in the pitch black dark. We're not even looking at each other, and we're having an argument about something that happened. Silly. And hindsight looks so stupid. And so you might think, I would never. And then you have moments like that that show your weakness as well. We can't get in this cycle of comparing ourselves and allow comparison to breed pride in our life. I love what C.S. Lewis says in this quote here. You've never heard of him. He has a lot of really great books. But he says this. We say that people are proud of being rich or clever or good looking, but they're not. They are proud of being richer, cleverer, or better looking than someone else. If everyone else became equally rich, clever, and good looking, there'd be nothing to be proud about. It's that thing that creeps in of like having one up on somebody. Like I got it figured out or being a step below somebody and they're, they're killing it and I'm not. Comparison breeds pride. Last thing that comparison does is it leaves us jealous. It leaves us jealous. Proverbs 14.30 says this, A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body, but jealousy is like cancer to the bone. You know, your bones are like the core. It's the structure of everything that your body hangs on. You know, you take out take out our, our bones and we're like a, a pile of mush, basically, right? That's why people say if you can't stand up for yourself, you don't have a spine, right? It's the core of who you are. And what this verse is literally saying is that poisons the core, the foundation of who you are. Jealousy will ruin that. It'll poison the very core of who you are. So what happens when we allow jealousy to creep in, when comparison comes, 
is that we end up resenting God's goodness in other people's lives and we ignore God's blessing in our own lives. We'll, we'll, we'll resent what people get. You mean they're taking another vacation? Come on, didn't you guys just take one like three months ago? How you doing that? Oh, you're definitely not paying taxes, right? That's where our minds go. Man, do you need another car? Like, didn't you, wasn't your car just new last year and you're trading it in for another one? We begin to resent God's blessing and goodness in other people's lives and ignoring what he's blessed us with, where he's brought us out of. God, I thank you that I have, an op, I have a, a car that can get us to church on Sunday morning to pray. We resent what God's doing in others and we ignore his blessing in our own because we are all blessed. Maybe you're like, man, their car looks like it's detailed every other week. Mine looks like I'm trying to dehydrate fruit in the back window. <laughs> right? Right? Get in there. You, that jealousy begins to creep in, but it all starts with comparison. We lose sight of the blessings that God has given us. And when we lose sight of the blessings that we have from God, we'll never fulfill the plan that he has for our life. We won't be aware. Comparison puts blinders on us. We're focused only forward, only laterally on other people, and we don't look to God for the answers of who we are and what our identity is. And we'll miss out on fulfilling the plans that God has for our life. Remember what I said at the beginning? If I only focus on what I'm not, I'll bury God's purpose for my life. I'll bury it in self-pity, comparison, in jealousy. It will literally hold us back from fulfilling what God wants to do in our life. So that's all the bad stuff. So now what? Like, what do we do? How do we take steps towards this? How do we get out of comparison in our life? And I have just a couple things. I try to keep it super simple for you. The first one is this. Recognize what you have. Recognize what God has blessed you with in your life. Galatians 6, 3 and 4 says, If anyone thinks that they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing their, themselves to somebody else. Recognize what you have. What has God blessed you with? You know, don't focus on the, the attributes that you wish that you didn't have. That dimple that you hate. That freckle on your nose. The stuff that we can't change in life. God made you exactly that way for a reason. I got this mole on the back of my head that I've just despised forever. I don't even know. It's, it's awkward. I hate it. Oh, well, it's me. Like, it's cool. I, I don't care. I have a birthmark that I always forget about until somebody that I just recently met asks me about it. And it used to bother me. And now I just don't care. Just recognize what you have. It's who you are. It's who God made you. And we're going to learn here in a minute that it's perfectly enough. How God made you is perfectly enough for him. So recognize what you have. Comparison will drive you towards chasing something. And it might be the wrong thing. And any time that we chase after something, we have to give something up in return. Every time we chase something, we have to give something else up in return. So maybe comparison has driven you to get that job, that promotion that you've wanted. But what happens? You miss your kid's baseball game again and again and again. Is it worth giving up that because of the comparison? This is what happens when we're not on track for God's vision and his plan for our life is, is we start grabbing stuff from other people. So maybe the, the outside and inside of your house is neat. 
It's perfect. It's well put together. But inside is turmoil. And, and, and it's like, not like a, God would want a family to be. You can't have conversations. Nobody likes anybody. But the outside of the house looks pretty. What are we trading and giving up by not being who God has created us to be? Maybe we get that career that we saw somebody else have that we wanted and we didn't stop to pray about it. We didn't look to God for our identity. And so we get the job, we get the career, but somewhere along the way we lose a marriage. And maybe you post the perfect social media post on Facebook at that awesome moment at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade when 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 Snoopy floats behind you as a big balloon and you get that perfect social media post and you miss the moment of being there and being in it and remembering what it was really like because you just want to get it on there so other people can see you. When you... What are we giving up when we begin to compare ourselves to others? The second thing is this. So recognize what you have. The last thing is accept who you are. Accept who you are. Ashley talked about this. Accept who you are. We heard this verse several times in this series, but I think it's worth repeating. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. It's easy to hear something over and over again and get numb to it, but like, let's pick that apart for a second. We are God's handiwork. You are perfect exactly how you are, how God created you to be. And so much so that before the beginning of time, he thought about how he was going to make Jimmy. Right? He thought about how he was going to make Carrie. He thought about the hair color. He thought about your, your biceps or lack of biceps. Whatever it is, God thought about that before the beginning of time. And not only did he think about creating you, but he also said, I'm going to give them good works to do on earth while they're here. And I'm going to do that before they're even born. Thousands of years before they're even born. That's how much you're loved. So accept who you are. Because he crafted you just the way he wants. Beautiful, worthy, loved, tall, short, thin, big, white, brown, whatever. It's exactly how you're meant to be created. And when we know who we are, we know who we don't have to be. When you know who you are, you know who you don't have to be. You don't have to reach for other things. You can be comfortable in your skin knowing that the identity that God gave you is exactly the one that He wants you to have. There are things in our life that we can improve on. It don't hurt you to run a couple miles every once in a while. That's cool. There's things that you can change about yourself, but the core of who you are is exactly who God created you to be. I can't get any taller, except I wore my hunting boots the other day, and it gave me like an inch and a half, and I kind of like the perspective. From up there. I can't get any talk. This is me. It's who I am. It's learning to be comfortable with how God has created you to be. And if I focus on, only focus on what I'm not, I'll bury God's purpose in my life. i got a little illustration I want to give you guys. About how many of you guys like Play-Doh? How many of you love the smell of Play-Doh? Golly. Probably what I got in trouble for eating it so much as a kid. <laughs> Woo. I think I need to make a candle out of this. Anybody buy it? So bear with me for a second. You know the Bible talks about us being clay in the potter's hands. Uh, this morning you're Play-Doh in Cody's hands. All right, so just hang on. Hang on. Open these up. I want you to imagine with me for a second that you know God creates you. And he created you UK blue because everybody should be created UK blue. Amen. <laughs> I'm messing. I'm messing. But, but 
but God created you, and this is us. And God created you, and he's like, man, look at them. Perfectly blue. Look at that blue. That's the blue you wish that skies were the color of. Man, it's beautiful. Man, if somebody had those eyes, you'd be like, they got beautiful eyes, right? They're this color. God's like, man, I love them. Look how blue they are. Man, they're blue. And you grow up as a kid, and maybe you get through childhood, and you get into middle school, and you start seeing other people that are different than you, and you start not liking the blue so much. You're like, yeah, I mean, blue's okay, but I mean, there's blueberries. I don't really like blueberries, so maybe I don't want to be as blue as God made me to be. And you're like, but that person over there, they're they're like this turquoise color. I kind of like this this color. I mean, kind of like like a sea. Like if you're in Bahamas, like the water kind of looks like this. And what happens? The next thing you know, you reach over and you grab a little bit of their color and you kind of add that to your life. And steal a little bit of their identity and their likes and what they're good at. You kind of just add it in your life. And you're like, I mean, it's still a pretty color. It's like a blue and a light blue kind of mix. And so you go on and you get into high school and, uh, you know, you get into college and you look around and you're introduced to a lot of people that are different than you. And, you know, your life starts to look bad again. And so instead of looking to God, you, you're like, well, this yellow looks pretty nice over here. Like flowers are yellow. The sun's yellow. I love lemonade, right? Lemonade's yellow. I wish I had a little bit of yellow in my, I wish I was a little bit more like them. And so you reach over and you grab something of somebody else and you, you start to mix it into yourself again. And, kind of getting further and further away from that that blue but you're already in this rhythm of comparison it's like how do I how do I break out of it and so you get out of college and you get married and start comparing your relationship to other people and you might not like what you're getting out of yours and and you see a a little bit of orange over there and you're like I, I mean orange is pretty good right like lots of fruit are orange I think everything that has orange has like vitamin c in it and that's good for you right so maybe I need a little bit of a little bit of orange in my life. And so you reach over and once again you grab another color of somebody else because we're looking to them for purpose because we're comparing ourselves, not looking to our maker. And then the next thing you know, you look up and there's nobody buying this color of Play-Doh from Walmart, right? We're so far away from the blue that God created us to be, this beautiful color that he loved perfectly just the way that we were and he set apart plans and and purposes for us here on earth as we grow and we reached out and we looked to other things besides God for our identity and it just kind of became this mess this ball that I mean kind of looks cool but God's still viewing us through the eyes of the blue that he created us to be what happens is we become less and less made in the image of God like He wants us to be. And the thing is, we have to be comfortable in the way that God gifted us to be and the way that He wants us to look and to act because the Bible even says it. The church is like a body. And it even goes far to say that that there's some no limbs look at another piece of the body. No one part of the body looks at the other and says, you don't belong or you don't have a purpose. I've never had anybody come up to me and say, Cody, you got the best looking spleen I've ever seen in my life. Thing is beautiful. Those kidneys are rocking. I love them. But what? They play a purpose in my body. Right? You play a purpose in the body of Christ. We're like a a really mixed up uh, puzzle piece, right? 
We all have a place that we fit within the body of Christ. And if we begin to saw off our edges, we don't fit in the puzzle anymore. And God's saying, I made you that way for a reason. And I love you that way. And I have plans and purposes for you just the way you are. Grab a hold of them. Don't compare yourselves to other people. Know that I died for you just the way you are. Just the way you look. Just the way you talk. And if you are anything else, the body of Christ is going to be missing an important piece. You are who you are because God created you to be that way. Perfectly you. Fulfill your purpose. Resist comparison. Recognize what you have. And if you only focus on what you're not, you'll bury God's purpose for your life. But if we look to Christ and we say, I'm going to be the best blue that I can possibly be because that's how you've created me to be, we'll fulfill the purpose that God has for us on this earth. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you love us enough to just put truths like this in your word for us to just dig out and discover. I pray for all of the identities in here, the unique individuals, Father God, that yes, we're the church, we're this picture of the church together, but apart from us, you care and you died for the individual. The individual that you created just the way you wanted them to be, that they look just the way that you wanted them to be, Father. And so we lean into our identity as children of God. We are children of yours, Father. So I pray that as we begin to battle against comparison, Lord, that you would put peace in our hearts, that you would just be there in our prayer times, Father God, that we would be able to recognize times when we begin to compare ourselves to others and we could say, no, I'm going to take that thought captive under the obedience of Christ because Jesus' word says that I am created and uniquely and wonderfully made through him. And that's the truth we stand on. Because you need us. You need us just the way we are. You need us just the way you've gifted us, Father, to see your kingdom come here on earth, to be the best husband, to be the best employees, to be the best bosses. You need us to just be us. In a world that compares itself to one another, in a world that pushes comparison, let us look to you and you alone.